Welcome to the Great Game Debate Podcast, where friends come together to talk about video games and our lives. As always, I'll be your host, Kata Barathay Lane. I'm really super hyped for Metroid Dread. And I'm also joined by yeah. Jonah Gomez. How you doing, buddy? <laughs> I am doing well. I am uh I'm actually kind of digging our new uh recording schedule with us doing Sundays. It's yeah. it's it's nice. I have more energy. Yeah. <laughs> It's not the middle of the night. We're not, not all exhausted and dying. <laughs> and uh, it's, not, it's not midnight for Caden. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and uh, you know that is our man in the closet, Wes Bates. <laughs> hey, hey, uh, happy to be back. I missed uh, missed last episode, but you guys did an amazing job. I I loved uh, the debate. Uh, from the last show, you guys did uh, uh, well. Kane, you you were you were support. I that that uh, that support uh, that you did for uh, Borderlands, the cis trophy for Borderlands was phenomenal. Yeah, baby. It was well, uh, awesome. That being said, we're glad to have you back, buddy. And, Thank you. Uh, speaking of having people back, we have mm-hmm. a repeat visit from previous guest of the show, Daniel Dash. How you doing, buddy? <laughs> My powers have doubled since the last time we met. Oh, somebody oh, even man. say tripled. <laughs> it's over 9,000! <laughs> What's up, guys? So glad to be back to one of my favorite podcasts ever. Thanks for having me. Ooh, of course. thank you. That, that means a lot, man. Well, guys, I uh, hope you stopped by the Church Hunter workshop on your way in and picked up Ludwig's Holy Blade because it's time for the icebreaker. All right. Uh, so our icebreaker this time, we're just going to be talking about Dash and catching up with you, buddy, because since the last time you were on the show, you and a couple of your friends have started your very own uh, kind of, I guess, games news centric podcast called the nxx i mean nxs games right (laughs) you know what man when i first uh when i first started like writing the intros for that i had to spell out nxs and its words because it would trip me up so (laughs) yeah and uh that's a clever day right because i think it's a it's like an abbreviation for nexus right which is that's well the... that's what i thought too i thought it was nexus no. too but it... I- i'm going off of what jonah told me so jonah, what is it? it's gaming in excess right oh that's that's even more clever but yeah what, what, but, it's, what the... but it's also like nintendo xbox sony isn't it oh my gosh or... triple entendre yeah man little <laughs> wordplay magic yeah i love it well uh that's brilliant um i was just listening to your last episode and i gotta say you shot me you guys shot me through the heart uh with the segue or a tangent that came up where you guys started talking about you know physical versions of games and uh back in the day when you were on your ride home and you were reading the instruction manual and that just took me back man i remember when i was in middle school um my dad freaked me out because i he picked me up after school and he gave me this like stern like super serious look when i got in the car and he was like you know we love you right and i was like yeah 
And he's like, okay. And I'm like, what's going on? He's like, look under your seat. And then I like go under there and it's like uh, Metroid Prime 2 when it just launched. Ooh. And like the whole nice. ride home, dude, I was just like checking out that instruction manual. Just can't wait to pop uh, that sucker in and play it. You, yeah, you rip off was... the plastic, you crack it open. It's got that new game smell. Just... Yeah, dude. Yeah. A cool tiny GameCube disc. Ugh. Nothing quite like that. For me, that memory is in a couple of things. So the, what you were referencing was the Super Nintendo games and just cracking those guys open the cardboard. Mm-hmm. I almost want to go back in time. If like I could have one trip back in time, I would tell my younger self, keep all those cardboard cases and keep them in mint condition because yeah. you go look at eBay prices for SNES games in great condition and they're just like through the roof. Dude, but, but it's yeah. like... It was like impossible to open those boxes though without like you know like bending up the edges and stuff the way that they made them. Yeah, it was so hard. Yeah, even like the good condition ones have like little raggedy edges to them. But yeah, it's just like such fond memories of a ride home from I think Toys R Us is like what what our main oh, spot yeah. was was. Yeah, and mm-hmm. um, you know I I don't know if I could remember exactly which game like like you did with Metroid Prime Two, but like that was one instance, and another one was. Um, going to the mall on my own and getting Final Fantasy IX and uh, opening that up. And man, those jewel cases with the double jewel cases and the mm. manuals and all the things that came with it. Of course, back then, like pre-internet days, you had to get a strategy guide to go along with it so you could get all those like ultimate weapons and all that. Like, yeah, dude, strategy guides. Sometimes there's like a Mr. K's like within walking distance for me and they've got like old video game strategy guides in there and sometimes I'll just pick one up to flip through it you know it's good stuff yeah. um yeah uh there's some stuff like i I had the guide for the gba version of final fantasy 4 and i don't think i would have ever found out about some of the stuff in that game um like there's like one enemy in like a in-game dungeon that has like an extremely low chance of dropping like a ribbon or something you know but anyway cool um nice Dash, uh, a little bit more about Nexus. Um, uh, tell me about your mates, because I don't, I don't know yeah. a whole lot about those guys, other than like yeah. listening to the show. Yeah, so um, I actually, you know, they're my friends in, you know, uh, in, in person. We all like we're all in the same city, and we all actually work together. And uh, when I first, uh, I've known Jeremy a lot longer because we've been working a lot longer. But then when I first met Kevin, I'm like. Ooh, one day I'm going to get that guy and we're going to do like a podcast together. So I was like planting the seed and uh, we started like chatting a whole lot more, just the three of us um, sort of privately over the last couple of years with, you know, just like COVID, we just have a lot more time at home playing the games and all that. So we just had this group chat and we like would send each other news and talk about the news and just have a lot of really good conversations. Um, and then, uh, obviously I'd, you know, been on your guys' shows. I've been on other, another show and seeing a lot of friends that have podcasts and, uh, the three of us started talking and realized, Hey, we do a lot of talking in our group and we do a lot of talking on Twitter, but they're, you, they're not the best mediums to get like, you know, really good, hearty conversations of, of gaming. So, um, we were already having these conversations where like, why not put it out in a podcast and make it entertaining and, um, cover all of like sort of the timely news. And that's what we do week in and week out. It's a weekly show we record on Thursdays. It's usually the three of us. Sometimes we have a guest. We got to get all of you guys each to guest. Uh, Wes has uh, collaborated, <laughs> collaborated with us a couple of times and. Yeah, we talk about what we're playing and uh, then also talk about the news. Occasionally, we have time to do some vid- video editing and we do like previews and reviews as well. Oh, nice. Yeah, so... you just you just got your uh, your first review out not that long ago, I think, right? 
Yeah, I did a review for Song of Iron, uh, which was an indie game that dropped on Xbox uh, about a month ago. And uh, yeah, that was really fulfilling. It's like we typically do review discussions where it's me and another person, um, but sometimes timing doesn't work out for it. So for that one, I'm like, what if I just write a script for it and um, sort of just, yeah, narrate the, the, the review. And I did that and I was pretty proud of how that turned out. Turned nice, out pretty man. good. Got, got the attention of uh, the indie developer, the solo indie developer of that game, which was great. And um, yeah, happy to do more wow. of those. That's cool. Yeah. That's I like awesome. the, I like the format that you guys have with your, your video content. Um, your video review was more formalized, but uh, you've got a number of other, um uh pieces where you guys uh just sit down and kind of like watch gameplay and talk about the game kind of similar to like a the quick looks for giant bomb and it's just kind of freeform um jeremy and i did a preview for for instance for uh, tales of arise um based on the demo and um that was just a lot of fun just good. sitting down yeah. and just kind of talking about the things that you like and the things that you don't and the things that uh you know are good and bad and and just kind of having a real casual chat and uh, it's super great to you know be able to watch the uh, the gameplay while you're you're talking and I I just love that format. Yeah, I mean we love it as well and and you know our our podcast shows each one runs about two hours and not everyone has time to sit through a two hour episode on YouTube or you know on a podcast service. Um, so maybe there is someone out there that is just interested in Tales of Arise. So videos like that where they're just like you know twenty minutes or ten minutes or thirty minutes long, dedicated to one game, whether it's a preview or a re review, um, is is uh, yeah we think is very worthwhile and and, and valuable. Yeah, and uh, I'll say, too, um, I actually, you know, because anyone can kind of just uh, regurgitate headlines, but I, I actually really appreciate your guys' takes. Um, like, especially, I was listening to your Kena conversation, or Kena. Uh, I'm still, it's Kena, right? Yeah, it's Kena. Yeah, Kena, Kena. Uh, but uh, I really appreciated your discussion about kind of the controversy around it, uh, not having reviews out until, like, the day of release, which can sometimes seem like a really bad sign, especially for AAA games. But, um, you know, you guys are kind of busting the stigma of that around indie games, uh, which was really cool because, you know, sometimes they don't have the luxury of getting the game even in a playable state before launch. You know, they got to get those day one patches out. And, you know, that game uh, crushed reviews. So mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, it did. It was cool. When a game like that, people forget that that's a small studio. That's their first game. And they have like less than what? 20 people at that studio and uh, they're already scrambling to make that game in the middle of a pandemic. So I think when the game looks as good as it does, um, that line is blurred between the big studio games and these indies. Um, so yeah, I think people need a reminder of that. Have you guys yeah. seen Ember Labs uh, last project they did before Kena? No, oh, dude, you got to You got to look like, check yeah. it out. <laughs> They did Is it the Majora's Mask yeah, thing. Yeah, they did this. Yeah, awesome Majora's Mask. Thing. Oh, I have seen that. That's like, yeah, that blows my mind. Oh, dude, I forgot yeah. that that was them. Same team, man, and they they crushed oh, cool. it on that thing. Yeah, can Nintendo just hire them to like make a like animated Majora's Mask series oh. on Netflix or something? Like, <laughs> cool. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, we've well, been playing um, it, loving loving it. I know Wes, you've been mm -hmm. playing it as well, and yeah, uh, yeah. I just I just finished it uh last night sick i'm about yeah, halfway through i think so I'm digging it oh, all right boys uh i'm gonna turn things over to Hang the on, judge wait, wait oh. i have i have one more question for dash before we premature before we judging turn it sorry over. yeah 
Uh, so I just just a quick question. So how's the 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 BB and Tina playthrough coming along? <laughs> we got a full hands-on preview or or review and impressions coming coming for you soon. So yes, hang tight, hang tight. <laughs> Very cool. That's awesome. All right, all right. Sorry. Now, without no any further ado, I'll turn things over to the judge, Jonah Gomez. All right, everyone, we have a doozy of a debate. Some might say the greatest game debate or maybe the most ultimate debate. Today, we have our buddy Dash representing Xbox versus... Let's go, baby! Wes debates himself representing... Good old PlayStation. You just call heard me, it. <laughs> just call me Tony the Sony Pony, baby. <laughs> <laughs> All right, friends. We are tackling the big dog. The ultimate debate. The console wars themselves. We are doing Xbox versus PlayStation. Okay, I'm going to go back through the rules. We got two minutes for the intro, two minutes for your rebuttal, and two minutes for your closing thoughts. Dash. Heads or tails, my friend? Playing a win, man. We didn't get heads. <laughs> I'm sorry, but tails. Wes, would you like to start or finish the debate? Uh, I'll let Dash start. Ooh. Oh, confident. Oh, okay. Let me get my timer up and then we will get started. Dash, are you ready? I'm ready. To debate. All right, man. I got two minutes on the clock. Ready, set, go. First, I'd like to say it's an honor to be here at the Great Game Pass debate. Oops. I'm sorry. I mean, Great Game <laughs> Debate. <laughs> I get them mixed up because all the games you guys love happen to be on Game Pass. Destiny 2, Hades, Dragon Quest, Hollow Knight, Doom, Wolfenstein. Shall I go on? This, this show should pretty much be getting money from Microsoft because you guys cover so much Game Pass content. And when we're talking about Game Pass, the greatest value in gaming, we're talking about over 300 games. Is it all quantity? No, it's quality. In those 300 games, over 200 of them are scored above 80 on Metacritic and almost 30 of them above 90. So it's pure quality you're getting at an incredibly low price. Oh, EA Play, you ask? You mean the Game of the Year Dragon Age Inquisition? That's on Game Pass. Mass Effect, the whole trilogy, that's on Game Pass. The best first-person shooter ever, Titanfall 2, that's on Game Pass. Hell yeah. I I like PlayStation, but when my friends ask me, hey, what console do I go for? I recommend Xbox. I recommend the Xbox ecosystem because it's the best value in gaming right now, and that's gonna cover the needs of most gamers. And basically at, at this point, for $50 less than the price of a PS5, you could get an Xbox and three years seconds. of Game Pass. And three years of Game Pass for 50 bucks less than Xbox. 
All right, and you got some of the most iconic franchises on the way. We're talking about Halo. We're talking about Starfield. We're talking about the next Gears of War. We're talking about Redfall and Avowed. All those iconic franchises like Elder Scrolls and Fallout, you're not going to find them on PlayStation right. anymore. They're only on Xbox. Very, very strong start, man. That was... Woo, you got me sweating already. I'm sweating for you, Wes. Woo. How you feeling, man? I, I, that was a, a great, a great start to the debate for Xbox. Okay. Have to give it to Dash. Right. Doing a great job so far. You ready to get your great start? I, I will do my best right. to represent lowly PlayStation. <laughs> All right. Your debate will start in three, two, one go god of war gran turismo dark cloud spider-man gravity rush bloodborne little big planet jack and daxter next machina ratchet and clank infamous persona 5 dreams uncharted resistance detroit become human journey shadow of the colossus final fantasy 7 remake ghost of tsushima neo death stranding Metal Gear Solid 4, Heavy Rain, Radiata Stories, Demon Souls, Astrobot, Tearaway, Days Gone, Puppeteer, Horizon Zero Dawn, Concrete Genie, Siphon Filter, Until Dawn, The Last Guardian, Rogue Galaxy, The Unfinished Swan, Everybody's Golf, God Hand, Street Fighter V, Ico, Returnal, Higher, which is a great game by Supergiant Games that everyone should play. The Order, 1886, Rezogun, Solar Ash, Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII, Flower, The Last of Us, Flow, Wipeout the Omega Collection, The Legend of Dragoon, Final Fantasy Tactics, The Pathless, Deathloop, White Knight Chronicles, Kena, Bridge of Spirits. 30 seconds. FIS, Fist, Forge in Shadow Torch. 13 Sentinels, Freedom Wars, Killzone, Medieval, Chrono Cross, Zombie Nation, Alienation, Dragon's Crown, Sly Cooper, Parappa the Rapper, Unjammer Lammy, Knack, Variety, Valkyrie Profile, Loco Roco, Matterfall, Patapon, PT, Super Stardust, Breath of Fire 3 and 4, 3D Dot Game Heroes, Alundra, Ghostwire Five Tokyo, seconds. Heavenly Sword, Pragmata, Forspoken, Sifu, Wolverine, KOTOR Remake, Final Fantasy 16, all on PlayStation. <laughs> wow. Wow. Oh my goodness, Wes. <laughs> I was like, okay, he's going to start yeah, listening yeah. off some big dogs, and he, yeah, you just kept going. You just kept rolling with it. And you know what? That's one hell of an opening statement for sure. All right, Dash. How are you feeling after that one? You ready to uh, to rebut? I'm so ready to rebut. All right, your re your rebut will start in three, two, one, go. Nice list, and your total comes out to seventeen thousand three hundred and thirty-two dollars and forty-eight cents. That's the cost of all of those games right now on PlayStation. On Xbox, you're paying $15 a month and you're getting access to the biggest library of games, the best quality of games available for download. 
talking about game preservation, PlayStation doesn't care about game preservation. Jim Ryan, or I should call him Jim Lyon, doesn't care about old <laughs> games. Old games are old. Xbox is the only platform that is supporting backwards compatibility. And not only that, it's got FPS boosts on older games and adding HDR. You guys like Banjo-Kazooie? Hell yeah, you guys like Banjo-Kazooie. How do you like it in HDR? You got it on Xbox. All right? So while PlayStation is shuttering down iconic game studios like Japan Studio, Microsoft is helping out some of these really creative studios getting the financial help that they need, like Arcane, like Obsidian, like Double Fine, to make some of the best games that they've ever made. PlayStation is great and all, lots of cool games, but they're out of touch. Did you see their last showcase? It was diamond studded. They think that they, they do interviews with the GQ. Bill Spencer, that guy fucks. Jim Ryan is an out of touch old <laughs> And he's a liar. He said that they're all about generations. They're all about generations. Yet all the games, all the all the games on PS5, the best ones, are cross-gen. You can find them on PS4. You want to talk about iconic mascots? Right. Mario has. Fifteen sorry, seconds. Nintendo has Mario. Xbox has Master Chief. PlayStation. Crash. Band oh wait, no, they don't have Crash Bandicoot anymore. They sold that off to Activision. They sold out. And. That's his time. Trophy. Oh, it's his <laughs> trophy. All right. Yeah, I just want to to touch again on backwards compatibility because there's there's certain games that I'm just dying to play um, that I just can't because I don't own an Xbox. Like uh, um, a big one for me is uh, Lost Odyssey. Some people consider it like one of the greatest JRPGs of all time, and like. You know, it's 360 era, but you know, if I'm plugged into, I got Xbox Series S or right. whatever, I just pop that bad boy in and we're done. If I want to play like Onimusha 4 for PS2 or something, I'm fucked. Time. <laughs> God, you guys are gonna make Thanks, me Gabe. edit so much right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Wes, how are you feeling after after that rebut? That was a pretty good rebut. It was very good. Dash, you're doing an excellent job defending Microsoft. All right. Good job. So, I'm a man of Microsoft. I can tell. I can see that OG uh, cube in the Push back up. over there. <laughs> That's innovation right there. All right, Wes, are you ready to get your robot in? Let's let's do it. All right. Three, two, one, rebut. So I'm not here uh, for console war nonsense. Um, I am not going to sit here and tell you that um, the Xbox is a bad piece of hardware. It's a very powerful piece of hardware, as Microsoft likes to tout. And, uh, you know, if you want to talk about marketing, sure. Xbox clearly has, uh, has better marketing than PlayStation. But I'm not here to talk about marketing. I'm here to talk about games. And as I've just said in that two minutes of reading a list those are all games that you cannot play on an xbox those are all games that are only on playstation so uh we're talking about out of date i i who cares as long as the games are good and the games are fantastic i've had some of the best experiences uh this year on playstation dash will tell you what his game of the year is and it's returnal as far as i understand so uh playstation has great games um one thing I will say about Microsoft is I've never seen a company 
try to make itself so um, uh, unnecessary with its hardware as uh, Xbox does. At this point, the Xbox itself is meaningless. It's pointless. There's nothing that you need an Xbox for because everything that you can play on Xbox, you can also play on a PC, probably better. So I don't really understand the, you know, what, what you're buying here at seconds. this point is uh, is not uh, is not Xbox, it's Game Pass. And Game Pass is great, unless you're like our friend Steven who has internet outages. And as soon as the internet goes out, guess what? You're not playing games because there's an internet connectivity check on all of those games. And if you don't have the internet, Game Pass won't do you a darn lick of good because those games will be useless. You will not be able to play them at all. That's all I have to say about that. Ooh. All right, Wes, just a reminder, you still have your assist trophy for your closing thoughts. Dash, how are you feeling? He took a he took a cheap shot straight to your heart, man. Going for your I was your surprised goatee. by that low blow. I didn't realize we were doing that, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dash, are you ready for your final thoughts? Yes. All right, sir. In three, two, one, go. Here's what you get with Xbox. This beautiful design lab created controller. Here's what you get with PlayStation. Biba, BB and Tina at the horse ranch, okay? <laughs> Quality over shovelware. There's another thing, 23 studios. That number is only growing. Can PlayStation keep up? Xbox has always been revolutionary. They were the first ones to do HD. Halo redefined what first-person shooters are on consoles. Gears of War redefined the cover shooter. Would Uncharted even exist without Gears of War? Xbox Live revolutionized online playing, online chats, back when PlayStation had a modem and 56K you had to attach to it. Xbox Live Arcade revolutionized digital game purchases. Game Pass is revolutionizing game subscription services. xCloud is making Xbox available to all players. Xbox is a platform for all players, not just the the premium diamond studded customers that could only pay the $500 price. With Xbox, you'll actually be able to use your Xbox One pretty soon to play next gen games with, with xCloud, as well as a PC. PlayStation is a great brand, but it's met its match. Every, every console has had a stumble, but they've recovered in a major way. PS3 stumbled and followed it up with the amazing PS4. Wii U seconds. stumbled and they followed it up with the Switch. Xbox One stumbled and the Xbox Series X is here to shine and followed it, followed it up. PlayStation, all they've revolutionized is a giant trackpad that's used as a start button and PlayStation Move controls that are more useful in bed than actual games. <laughs> are you done? I thought that was my time. Oh, my time. You, you, you had oh, like, I still you, had more time? You had like eight seconds. You want to use that? Okay. Yeah, no, you, you Xbox is Xbox is the most <laughs> consumer-friendly uh, console maker out there. PlayStation is time. the exact opposite of that. Oh. <laughs> I love that. I love that so much. All right, Wes. It's time for your I'd like to. Uh, I'd like to open with my assist trophy, Ooh, please. All right. <laughs> Let me, uh, let me add an additional 30 seconds onto this. Caden, are you ready to start Wes's debate? Yes. All right. 
An extra 30 seconds on the clock, starting in three, two, one, go. What's that smell? The sweet blood. Oh, it sings to me. It's enough to make a man sick. Beasts all over the shop. Well, well, a hunter, is it? Ah, tonight, there's something different in the air. Men leave as hunters and return as beasts. Let there be no doubt. If it moves, you can be sure it's a beast. And if it doesn't, well, don't take any chances. That's fine. <laughs> All right, Wes, go ahead. Oh, I love that. Thank you, Caden. So um, I just want to say, um, as great as Game Pass is, uh, at, at this point, Microsoft, uh, they had a really great showing at E3. But it's, at, up to this point, it's all smoke and mirrors. You know, we don't know if any of those games are actually going to come out. You remember a little game from Platinum that was supposed to come out involving dragons that never did? Yeah, well, that could happen with any of these other games. And uh, Sony's been around for 25 years in this business. They're very experienced. Xbox has been around for a while, too. But that's 25 years of greatness, and they worked up to it. Microsoft is buying their way into greatness. With all those Big Daddy Warbucks deep pockets, you know, that's not their innovation. They're just buying into it. Sony got some great, uh, great studios, and they're going to keep pumping stuff out. You know what I'm excited to play next year? God of War. Halo is going to be fantastic, but it pales in comparison to mine or pretty much anybody else's that I know's uh, interest in God of War Ragnarok, which is going to be amazing. Spider-Man 2 is going to be amazing. So, um, yeah, you enjoy your your Game Pass. I'll enjoy the games that I that I own. That's fine. <laughs> and uh, you know, I have a hard time thinking that. Uh, that there's going to be anything that seconds. comes out in uh, the reasonable future that uh, gives me the feelings that I felt when I played The Last of Us Part Two. That's right. A doubling down on my Ellie debate with this Ellie Nendoroid that I purchased because that character means so much to me. Because that's what PlayStation means to me. They create experiences that I'll, that I'll never forget. And uh, yeah, that's all I have to say. Very... Very nice. Another tough That's debate. Rough. A very, yeah. very tough debate. Ooh. Wes, you brought it. Yeah, you you both brought it. <laughs> you both good. brought it really well. And this is this is gonna be a tough one for me to judge. You know what, Caden? I kinda wanna I kinda wanna hear your oh, thoughts. No. And get your yeah, let's, first. Let's hear it. I wanna All I wanna right. hear it. Wait, just remember. Roddy out of stories. PlayStation 2. <laughs> Which I can't play on modern PlayStation consoles. So. Yeah. Um, Another franchise like Metal Gear Solid you can't play. Yeah, unless you want to mess around with PS Now, which I don't. But uh, anyway, um, you know, Wes got a little dirty there at the end. You know, he's going for the, the cheap shots, uh, stoking the console flames, even though he said he wasn't going to do it. But, uh, you know, I feel like, I feel like Dash really offered some uh, concrete, helpful information about Xbox to the consumer. Um, 
And uh, I really appreciate that from a consumer perspective. And I think based on the arguments, if I didn't own either and I was trying to decide which one to buy, I'd probably get an Xbox just for the pure value. So I think I'm, I think I'm going to give it to I'm going to give it to Dash on this one. Ooh, you know what? I sure? I am gonna I am gonna say this because there are two like big issues with both the Xbox and the the well the 360 and the PS3. And none of you, neither of you guys touched on them, but like there was a whole network issue, PlayStation mm-hmm. network issue that Dash didn't touch on for his <clears throat> rebuttal. And I had it in my notes, but I didn't, I didn't oh. say it. <laughs> and Wes, you didn't even say anything about the Red Ring of Death. Wow. I was no, old, I dude. We're talking, we're talking contemporary. This is now. I, I guess. I like to I like to live in the present, Jonah. Yeah. I like to live in the present. <laughs> All right. As he as he names off Legend of Dragoon. <laughs> oh <laughs> right to the heart. Oh man. You know what? My favorite games there's there's one thing that Dash brought up, and it was if you're trying to bring somebody new into the game space, recommending an xbox series s with game pass is like the easiest way to do it they get over 300 games and they get like a a a decent console a very decent console so i literally have i i recommend xbox all the time i I have too but um uh my pick's gonna have to go with wes because you got to go with that playstation powerhouse he showed us all of the games that we have. Yeah, it might be diamond studded, but you know what? I've stuck with PlayStation for the last two years. Not saying that Xbox is bad by no means. I I genuinely wish I had an Xbox too, but I uh, I can play most of those games on a PC. So I'm gonna have to go with PlayStation. Yeah. Yes, all those I'm su- leaks, I'm, right? I'm genuinely surprised because. Uh... I uh, I feel like Dash definitely did. Um, he he brought better points to the table, I think, in favor of of Xbox than I did for Sony. And, no, you know, our, Dash, uh... you, you you did a fantastic job. It was a very tough pick for me, but I'm I'm just kind of sticking with PlayStation with this one. Wes brought the points that I agree with. The I thought Wes did that. an amazing job. Yeah, that's completely fair. And uh, of course, our uh, customary disclaimer that we all appreciate both these systems oh yeah and for sure fun debate don't send us There's bombs reason why i'm mail. holding up a ps5, yeah. <laughs> PS5. <laughs> okay but before... Wes, you threw me you threw me off by the way when you said bbnt i was like no don't mention that i'm like i'm not gonna say anything about it because that was my that was my playstation prop. that was that was his trump card <laughs> yeah. okay before before you mean we... that's not on game pass <laughs> it's not. before we uh talk about last week's winner Dash, can you go in a little bit more on what that game is, BB and Tino? Is that a PlayStation exclusive? I believe it is. I haven't. I don't think I've seen it on Xbox. It's available on PS4 and PS5. I can check to see if it's on Xbox as well. It actually started as a joke. I think Kevin from our show brought it up, and I think he might have even been responding to Wes on on Twitter. And uh, we started checking out videos of this and we saw how bad of a game it was with shovelware. So Kevin and I each bought this and we're planning on at some point covering it with the video, um, Gosh, you know, just having, having a little bit of fun. Um, but yeah, it's kind of just like a, a horse ranch like simulator. Does it use the haptics on the 
PS5. That's what I wanted to bring up the haptics on the the controllers, mm. and I totally forgot to do that, that uh, been during my one. debate. Yeah. Uh, darn it, missed opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> I I don't know if it does or not. It doesn't like it doesn't say it on the back of the the, the box. Okay. All right, we'll get back on track. For our debate last week, we had Rob Hudak representing Destiny with eight votes. And we had Ryan Stabell representing Borderlands with five votes. Rob Hudak, you are a winner of the debate last week. Taking nice. it away with three votes. Congratulations. Congratulations. That's nice Rob. job, dude. All right, Caden, that's all I got for this debate. I'll pass it back all to right. you, man. Well, I think we're about to hit the halfway point, so why don't we take a quick break, and we'll be right back. All right, we're back, and we're going to get right into our next segment, which is the pitch. Uh, just a reminder, everyone, we'll go around, and you'll have two minutes to pitch a game you've been playing, and the rest of us, as the chairman of the board, will decide whether or not we will purchase your game. So uh, for the benefit of our guests, so you can see how it's done, we will let Wes go first. Um, do you want me to count you down? Please. <laughs> Three, two, one, go. All right, so how many of us here enjoy uh, 2D Zelda-likes? Anyone? Yes, yes, how I many of I us do. here enjoy uh, beautiful pixel art? How many, yes, of us, I must say. how many of us enjoy uh, quirky uh, games with uh, uh, very quirky characters like Earthbound? Mm, yes. I yes. do. I do. Well, then you might be interested in a little game called Eastward, my friends, mm -hmm. because it scratches all of those itches. Um, Eastward is a uh, 2D indie from uh, a new developer called Pixpill. Uh, it's been developed in development for quite some time. Uh, just released on Switch and PC. Um, yeah, it's a uh, twenty-five dollars, but it is a meaty, meaty experience. Um, I I mentioned it's it's kind of a, a Zelda-like, and it is in terms of the combat. Uh, you play as a um, kind of an older grizzled man. Think of like a pixelized version of Joel if he didn't talk. His name is John, and he finds a a little girl in kind of like a suspended animation chamber. Um, her name is Sam, and he kind of adopts her. They live in an um, kind of underground city in a kind of supposedly post-apocalyptic uh, um, type of um, situation. And uh, supposedly all the land above is, like, contaminated, and nobody wants to to uh, go up there. But they end up getting kind seconds. of, like, exiled and uh, going on all sorts of adventures. Uh, it has um, uh, multiple weapons. Uh, the action is uh, simple but uh, very fun. You go through environments traversing around. There's light, uh, light puzzle solving in every environment. Um, uh, very, very story-heavy and story-driven game, and it moves at a pretty fast pace. I'm only about nine hours in, and there's been a ton of interesting turns and um, twists to the game. <clears throat> all right, you say Zelda-like. Is there yes. anything... Is there an analog to, like, Zelda dungeons in this game? Yeah, so the, it's not like I'm going to send you over here to this dungeon. 
you know, all of the dungeons are more like uh, parts of the landscape. It's like, so you have to retrieve an item from the old forest or something like that. So you have to go mm. through the old forest and the old forest is set up and there's usually some kind of like interesting gameplay twist that's only present in the old forest. Like, oh, so you're you have saying to... they've got the lost woods in this game. No, that's not that's not what I said. This is it was an example. Oh attention to that was it that was an, an example. Okay. Like so you may have to go through an old factory or something. Okay. Um and got the lost uh you factory, know, you, that's what it is. So the characters as you go Yes, they have the lost factory, Jonah. As the I'm characters <laughs> as the characters move move through, uh you can actually separate. Uh normally when you're walking around, it's like one of the characters just follows the other, and you can switch between the two. Um, and they each have their own skill set. So John is the fighter, and then Sam has psychic powers, Ooh. and she can uh, shoot like psychic blasts that stun enemies and like hold them still if you just want to, if you don't want to engage and just run past them. Um, and you have to kind of use that two-person aspect to do a lot of the puzzle solving. Like one person may have to go over here and stand on a platform, so the other person can move through. Or you may have to use your specific abilities to make way for one of the other characters. And um, it's something too compl uh, complicated. But it's uh, it's it's very engaging um, to go through. If that if that makes sense, and yeah. it usually those those areas usually culminate in the end with a boss fight, where after you beat the boss fight, you get an extra heart oh. on your health. Oh. <laughs> wow. Wow. So, my question for you is, yeah, matching all my other questions for every other pitch because I am not creative. What are the what are the cosmetics like in this game? Are you able to get different gear and change the way you look? Different No, so there's no armor, stuff? there's no armor in the game. So what you what you get is you kind of create the or you collect the equivalent of heart containers to increase your health. There are multiple weapons though. So I've got 3 weapons so far. Uh spoilers for the weapons. Um I you start with a frying pan as your main melee weapon. Nice. Then you pick up a shotgun for your second weapon. And the third weapon is a flamethrower. Wow. Thick. So, that, um, and, <laughs> and there is at least one more weapon. And the weapons have, like, multiple uses. So you don't just use them for fighting. For instance, the, uh, the frying pan, you get to a point later where um, there are these rafts and you have to cross uh, a river. You use the frying pan to hit a uh like a like a rubber buoy on a pole and it bounces the raft the, in the other direction hmm. and pushes you across the river and then the flamethrower can be used to like clear debris like plant debris uh to move through areas um and like i said sam has her own unique uh move and skill set as well as you go through that's interesting so it definitely seems like there's you know there's items to collect and there's uh you know um your your skills definitely expand as you go through the game. How many questions do I get? Because I have several. Uh, just try yeah. to keep it to well, like two or three. One or two. Well, I'll, yeah. I'll do I'll do one. So, um, I'm really interested in this game, but a couple things kind of turned me off from it. It's one I'm wondering if it's a slow burn. If you're telling me you start with a frying pan, how long do you have that frying pan? And uh, I know it's a longer game, and I'm looking to take my switch with me on a flight. Is it a good yeah, as you get into the action right away, and is it a good game for, like, a five-hour flight? Yeah, I mean, you're fighting enemies within the first 20 minutes, I would say, of the game. Like I said, it is a very narrative-heavy game. So um, in between the the action and the dungeons, 
there is a lot of story. You go into towns and cities, there are a lot of NPCs that you talk to. There's side quests to be done. Um, you know, there's treasure to be found. Um, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of secrets off screen. You at, at the very beginning of the game, you can buy an item that pings the closer you get to secrets. So you're like, oh, there's a secret around here. And you start looking around. Oh, here's a secret passage over here. I can go up here to this uh, secret hidden room. And, oh, there's a heart container here. So is um, there... there's... Uh, is there like upgrade paths or like leveling in in this game to like? No, no, no. There's it's not a it's not an RPG in the sense that you level. It's it's like more in the sense that what what it does have um it has a cooking mechanic. Um, so if you need a little bit of extra help, you can. It's very similar to what I'd say Breath of the Wild's cooking, where you find ingredients, you combine them in a pot, and then um you come up with different dishes, and and depending on the dish that you cook um you get uh maybe different um buffs so you might be able to move faster or some of the hearts become like uh, they turn in from like a red heart to a yellow heart so you can take twice as many hits per heart um okay. and so there's some incentive in looking around collecting ingredients and and cooking and the cooking has an interesting aspect too because it, there's a whenever you cook there's a roulette wheel that spins and um if you are able to make uh like three pairs or even two pairs it'll buff your recipe uh for whatever you made so that's fun very cool yeah. um i am curious are there like items like in zelda like key items or are you using like your main weapons as like versatile tools to solve puzzles so so far i'm so far the the tools uh that you find are the items uh cool. the, the weapons but uh, i'm only like nine hours in and it seems to be like expanding the um, abilities that you have as you go through so when you first start out the game you can't separate sam and john but as you go through the game you you start to be able to switch between them and then you can separate them you can leave one behind and move ahead um and so it's got that kind of thing where it seems to continue like feeding you kind of like this breadcrumb trail of additional things that you can do. Mm-hmm. Oh, I should say, um, you do actually get more tools because uh, John has bombs also. You pick up bombs fairly, fairly early on. Bomb. Yeah, you can like place a bomb <sighs> and then hit it with your frying pan to like knock it Ooh, across like gaps satisfying. and stuff like that. It's pretty cool. Cool. Well, uh, Jonah, based on what you've heard, are you buying this game or not? Uh, Hang on, I have one more, I have one more, one more thing that might interest you. There's one more thing. I should have mentioned it in the original pitch, but this game has an entire uh, full-on JRPG uh, metagame built inside of it called Earthborn that's basically a a riff on Dragon Quest. And you can play through the entire thing in the game, and you can buy these uh, the equivalent of, like, uh, in-game amiibo that are, like, little (laughs) collectibles that will give you item buffs in the the mini game and so you you walk up to an arcade cabinet and you have like a like a save card you can put it in and like keep playing your game for earthborn um in how, from town how to much town of a time investment is this in-game game we're talking about here i haven't played that much of it yet but it seems like fairly fairly deep it seems like playing like a dragon quest on game wow. boy style style game and it's got its own characters and that its own great its own you know thing so you can you can sink uh i think quite a bit of time into that to try to beat that 
I wonder what the Does it feel like a pretty essential part? Essential part of the game? As up to this point, it's you know, it's brought up in the story because characters like to play it, but it has there's no like repercussions if you don't want to do it, at least at this point. Hmm. Cool. That's cool. Because I haven't I haven't I haven't touched almost all any of it at all. They have like Mm -hmm. a tutorial section. It's kind of it seems to me it's kind of like Gwent in The Witcher Three. It's mm-hmm. like a nice pastime if you want to invest yeah. in it, but not something that you have to. Gotcha. Very cool. All right. So what do you think, Jenna? You know, for twenty five bucks, uh, that's not a that's not a bad deal. I uh I've been looking for another game to pick up on my Switch too, because um I can now use my wireless earbuds on it, which is super nice. So yeah, I think uh, I think I'll I'll dive in on this. I might actually pick it up right after the show. So, wow, cool. <laughs> yeah, for myself, I'm completely enchanted. I definitely want to jump in, probably as my next game. And ever since I beat uh, um, Death's Door, I've just been jonesing for another Zelda like. So, seems like this is the one to scratch that itch. What do you think, Dash? Yeah, I think so too. I'm, I'm with you, Jonah. I'm probably gonna buy it right after this because. <laughs> Yeah, I am going on a flight in a few days, and I was looking for a really good like Switch game to to play like both ways. That's about ten hours right there. And wow. my favorite Zeldas are the top down Zeldas, mm-hmm. and so many things you said like bombs and acquiring items to help you clear paths and all that. So much of that reminds me of of those Zelda games. So I'm nice. Out. I don't think you'll be sorry. Um, nice request. It's, uh, definitely going to be high on my top ten list this year. I think. Quick apology for the wailing in the background. Uh, we had a spider yeah. crisis. Um, the, oh, no. Understandable. The crisis is at bay for right now. Uh, the spider might be back so they later. called in the Spider-Man to deal oh. with it. <laughs> the, prequel, the prequel to Dino Crisis. But if you, if you hear crisis. more wailing in the background, I'm sorry. My daughter saw another spider. So we'll we'll get it taken care of. Fair enough. All right. Uh, stepping right up next to the pitcher's mound is Dash. What did you brought for us? Oh, well, let me well, let me count you down. Let me get the timer ready. Three, two, one, go. Step into a loop you'll love to death. We're talking death loop. I know some of y'all like Hitman. Some of y'all like Dark Souls, not Jonah. Some of y'all <laughs> like Bioshock. What if they had a threesome? And birth a beautiful, beautiful child. That child is Deathloop. I don't think that's you how You play it as Colt. <laughs> <laughs> you play as Colt, and you find yourself waking up on an island called Black Reef, and you find yourself reliving the same day over and over again, like Groundhog Day. You find that there are a group of scientists and artists called visionaries that control this loop. And in order to break this loop and escape this, this hell nightmare that you just keep repeating over and over again, you have to kill those uh, visionaries. Problem is one of those visionaries is constantly hunting you down. That's Juliana. That is an AI controlled player that can invade you similar to a souls born game where you can get invaded oftentimes by an AI, but you could also change the settings so that your friends could invade you or other players can invade you. This island is a beautiful, eclectic, colorful mess with 60s era swanky clubs, theme park installations, science labs, urban neighborhoods, and more. So there's so much beautiful art style to soak in. It's an immersive sim made by Arcane, 
It's available right now on PS5 and PC. It gives you this incredible, these incredibly cool sandboxes and lets, and lets you navigate through these areas to essentially get leads so that you can find, out, find better and most effective ways to kill all these uh, the visionaries in one day. Um, and the game's split up into four districts, and each of them have a morning noon afternoon and uh nighttime cycle you could sort of fast forward to whatever time you want it's got roguelike elements however you can keep and infuse a lot of your weapons you use the in-game so that you get permanent equipment you can keep all right i've got uh, something i'm very curious about this game because it seemed like a misconception at first and then more information came out about it so i'm interested to hear your experience how much time you put in this game by the way um, probably like 20, okay. 22 to 25 hours. Perfect. So I heard this common complaint that like the AI was too easy or the enemies are too dumb. But then later I heard that like in a run, the more visionaries you kill, it like heats up the AI and they get like more dangerous. So like, what's your experience with that? Basically is what I'm asking. I think as you power up, they, there are times where it feels like a little bit of a cakewalk. You start getting mm -hmm. really strong and just dominate, and you could be sloppy. You know, I myself was using the abilities, the slabs, and uh, finding ways to, like, pin enemies, teleport to them. And uh, I was just slashing them, and it got pretty easy. Early on, I was I was terrified of them. It was, they're very intimidating. Um, and then there are... There are aspects of it that are very difficult, especially towards the end where there are a ton of enemies to navigate through. And that is very much, that's where like stealth really pays off. Okay, cool. You guys um, have any other questions? I a, yeah, I've got a question. So the, it, it's hard to kind of categorize this game, um, at least from the, the marketing. I think when it, um, they showed a lot of it early on. Some say too much. I say um, too much. Jonah said too much. I said too much. And so, um, but but even so, you know, it still kind of was hard to understand, like, what type of game this is. Obviously, it's like a first-person shooter. It's an immersive sim. People said it's got, you know, with the Lupic thing, it's got, like, roguelite stuff. But then I started hearing that, you know, it, it does give you these leads, and, it you know, it kind of helps you decide where to go. Um, I get very edgy and very nervous when people start talking about roguelikes because um, it's just not a genre that clicks well with me. Um, if I have trouble with, like, say for with Hades, um, you know, I get hung up, and if I just lose everything and, and there's no progression, then I, I have a really hard time. I know you mentioned that you can keep uh, items to go back through, but as far as the story goes, you have to kill everybody in one day. Um, does the game really set you up to be able to do that without too much trouble or do you really have yes. to put in difficult you know like a lot of work and effort to be able to to get everything done to get the loop done in a day and and because i that's i guess my biggest concern with it is just you know having the i guess the skill or whatever to be able to get through everything and you know actually be able to complete the game under this cap here is the smoothest brain uh, in among us, okay. Uh, and I don't know I was, about that. <laughs> I don't know about that. Yeah, that's up for debate with Jonah. <laughs> that's the debate next week. I was, I was incredibly intimidated by by that as well because yes, I never finished Hades because I kept restarting and having to start all over. 
the story progresses. So even if you're on a run and uh, you you acquire a lead but still get killed and the loop that day starts over, you still get that story progression. So um, yeah, it's it's very you know what it, it it's it's got roguelike elements where you will lose all of your essentially all the items you haven't infused with the currency. Uh, however. It's also very linear in a way. There are missions, there are markers that, that and it's hmm. really good about guiding you. It's a fairly linear game, um, masked as a very sort of unique game design that lets you sort of gives you flexibility to tackle areas, to tackle whether you want to take on visionary leads or get your guys stronger and do arsenal leads to pick up new weapons and abilities. Uh, but it's a very linear game. I don't like, I compared my notes with uh, another friend that beat it and we set up our leads in the same exact way. So there's... Uh -huh. There's a method in setting up those leads. And then once you once you acquire all the leads to do that, the game does a really good job at holding your hand and doing it. But cool. you know, still still giving you the flexibility and choosing how you go about killing the targets. Yeah. So so follow-up question. Being an immersive sim, like one of the biggest things about that is, you know, freedom. So if you didn't want to follow those leads, I mean, can you just kind of go off and do whatever you want? Uh, whenever you want and you know could you just stumble upon stuff your, yourself without following the leads or do you have to follow the leads to move things forward you can stumble so you can choose not to track the main leads and that the markers just won't appear on your screen and there mm -hmm. are side activities that, like for instance there's like a plane crash that you could go and investigate and there are uh enemies there and and if you kill the enemies in the turret there's like a stash there for you to loot for instance um, so yes, you can sort of tackle it on your own. I always track the leads because I like that direction. Yeah, no, me too. But uh, no, that sounds great. Thank you. Yeah, that sounds really elegant to allow players who want to kind of do their own thing to do it, but also have a system of guiding. You know, I think of something like Outer Wilds, which, you know, I love that game so much, but a lot of people bounce off of it because there's no direction. Um, so that seems like a really good compromise. Um, Jonah, do you have any questions, or are we good to? Uh, yeah, I I don't I don't really have any. Cool. I don't really have any questions. Yeah. Brain's too smooth. <laughs> those, yeah. Those two minutes fly by. I'm like halfway oh, yeah. through my notes. <laughs> um. Cool. Well, Wes, what do you think? You picking this thing up? Well, um, I was very interested in the game um before Dash gave the pitch, and uh, I will say actually, um. Dash was nice enough. It was my birthday recently. And uh, as an unexpected treat, Dash actually bought the game for me. Wow. So I, uh, what a guy. I'm, I'm not buying this game because Dash, Dash was so compelled with his pitch that he, he said, here, I, you have to play this game. And so I'm playing this game. See, I thought Jonah... it was a cheat, but he actually lost Wes's purchase. So, I mean. <laughs> Jonah, Caden, check under your seats right now. Oh my god! Whoa! Oh my god! <laughs> Everyone gets Deathloop. <laughs> you buy you buy Caden Deathloop, but he doesn't have a PS5. <laughs> Check under your other seat. Um, well, uh, I think we're gonna have to pull Wes aside after the board meeting and talk to him about accepting uh, monetary gifts from. Um, uh, uh, this, goes, this goes against your contract, Wes. Um, yeah. We, Sorry. You're off the show. There's potential termination. What do you think, Jenna? Um, this thing up? 
see, I've I've listened to a lot of opinions on this, and what Dash presented was really good, but I I've always had a difficult time with Arcane. I like the way their games okay. look. I just have a hard time playing them. I might get this game on sale, or if a friend has it, I might like borrow it, just give it a shot. But I've heard that like other people with similar opinions have been like, oh yeah, I went in with low expectations, came out really hot on it. So I'm going to wait. wait, wait. Oh, I was going to say, I you know, again, Ar regarding Arcane, people have said this is the most accessible Arcane game. Really? But go ahead. Me? Yeah. I think I I'm not gonna buy it today, but uh it you have piqued my interest more. Very cool. Well for myself, uh I love Arcane and you know I've seen like sort of mixed reviews on this game, but like mixed on the high end, like eight to ten out of ten, you know. So if it's like even half as good as people seem to think. Uh, and you know, I, I just love Arcane. Even I know, like, seems like a lot of Arcane fans like Prey might be like the least revered one, but I even love that game. So, yeah, this is a shoe in for me. Uh, you know, the only problem like with all these games is just finding the time to play it. You know, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, cool. So uh, next up to the pitcher's mound is the Judge, the Godfather himself, Jota Gomez. Three, two, one, go. All right, guys, we just got done talking about an immersive sim, and I think I might have the ultimate immersive sim for you guys. The, <laughs> the <laughs> ultimate stealth game, some might say. One of the wackiest games, some might say. A game with an interesting narrative. Today, I am pitching Hitman 2. This is a second of the three-part trilogy of the this hitman trilogy now do you guys like going around choking people out and hiding hiding their bodies and then not just hiding their bodies but stealing their clothes so they're uh -huh. just yeah uh -huh. they're, so there's just naked people everywhere well you can do that <laughs> you can do that in hitman and then guess what not only are you just taking their clothes but that gives you access into specific areas that you can now enter and get different leads on finding your target some missions in this game you don't even know what your target is so you have to go around skulk around and find clues until you find out who your target is and there was one mission where i figured him out i brought him into a barber's chair i was dressed up as a barber and then i just slit his throat while i was giving him a shave it's brutal and super fun to just like explore these massive open areas find wacky costumes like you can dress up as a flamingo and walk through a racetrack and blow up a car and then walk away like nothing happened. That's it. Flamingos don't look at explosions. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, not gonna lie, when you started your pitch, I thought you were about to bring like Metal Gear Solid Five. So <laughs> I mean <laughs> like you got a question, Dash. Uh, my question is is that I played Hitman One mm -hmm. and I have Hitman Three. Why should I play this over Hitman Three right now? Um one you can get it for free on playstation plus right now 
so no money in. Um, two, once you buy Hitman 2, you have access to Hitman 1, 2, and 3's levels all from Hitman 3. You can huh. play all of them in that version of the engine. That's cool. And you'd recommend doing it that way if I already have three to just yeah. do it in that. Yeah, because you can you can go it. through and look at the story beats, or if you want to just play the missions, you can just play the missions that way. Um so I know there's like multiple ways to like do each mission, but is like all the content in a mission available the first time you do it, or do you like unlock like new stuff by doing certain objectives or I think Hitman 3 is the first one where you can go in and like unlock shortcuts for the future mm. for future runs. But okay. uh, in Hitman 2 and 3 or Hitman 1 and 2, it's the same level as when you first started. You just got to find the leads and then you can take said leads to do um other or do like you can do whatever lead you want from the get go as long as you sure. run into the trigger for it. Or you can completely improvise, not wear any different costumes, not swap out of your, your Hitman 47 suit, mm -hmm. and you just go improvise your way stealth into like an area and take out your target. Very cool. What is improved about Hitman 2 over Hitman 1? For those that don't know, we did a game club on Hitman 1 earlier in the year. So I think most of us played through that game for that game club. That was my first experience with Hitman uh, as a series on the whole, which uh, I really love. But uh, what what is what does Hitman Two bring to the table on top of Hitman One? Is it or is it just the same old thing with new levels? Uh, honestly, uh, honestly, it's a lot more of just Hitman. Um, okay, the levels are a bit bigger, and there's. I'd say there's more leads per level because they are bigger. Um, that being said, the budget on Hitman 2 did get dropped from Hitman 1. So when you're coming at it from like the narrative perspective, there's still like all the voice acting and whatnot, but the cutscenes in between each mission are just stills with the, the uh, voice actors talking over it instead of fully animated like shorts. They're reusing a lot of the assets from the first one still, right? Yeah. Like game, game assets. Yeah. Um, I think they use a lot of the assets for all of all of the games. So. Right. Just to cool. keep well, it fluid. Uh, for myself, like, the fact that you can play all the missions from 1 and 2 and 3, like, I know I'm technically supposed to just be purchasing two here but if i can just play through one and two in three and treat it all as like one game that sounds pretty dope honestly um, i almost pitched three but i'm not done with three otherwise right? I would yeah <laughs> but yeah i think i'm picking it up uh especially because the it, you know it ports forward into the third game that's mm -hmm. like a pretty unique cool system that i don't know a lot of games do yeah. but i only hear a good thing about this series and i just haven't had the time to dive into it but it sounds super fun so yeah yeah you guys? and the replayability yeah. on this game is just insane because you can mm -hmm. you can play the same mission and it feels like a different mission if you just do yeah. different leads on it it's it's insane i uh played one with you guys as well if you remember oh yeah you did game play, club uh, yeah you played hitman one with us 
and I appreciate you guys introducing me to it. I I remember Jonah, you said you beat the first one in like pretty much a day. You just got like you just played it all like in one session. Could you do that with real quick before I make my decision? Could you do that with two as well? Is it about the same length? Uh yeah, you you could easily do that. Like I I think you can just like there's six or seven missions and I think the fastest I beat one of them was like 22 minutes and that was with me like exploring around and stuff. But if you just beeline like the the leads they give you at the beginning, you can do it super fast. Were you playing as Jonah or Juan Wick? Um <clears throat> there it was it was just Jonah. I I'm I'm a bit more stealthy than Juan Wick. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, I own all three of them. So the big question for me is, uh, am I going to play two before three? And I've just, I'm so eager to play three because I keep seeing it on, on the game of the year lists. And, uh, um, it depends on how invested in the story are you? Not at all. I just like then mugging people for their clothing. Uh, I mean, the missions, the missions are fantastic. So if you want to just continue playing the missions in chronological order, you can, but if it doesn't matter, you just go play whatever you want to play. I will say that even though I like playing things in chronological order, I will likely play three first, but I will revisit two afterwards in the three engine. Heck yeah. Very Wes, cool. What you feeling? Well, as Jonah mentioned, um, uh, this was a PlayStation Plus game this month, so I don't have to buy it. I have it for yeah, free yeah. already. So that being said, I am I was when I saw it come up for PlayStation Plus, I was super happy because um, I've been kind of eyeballing it every time I go to Walmart because I see there's a copy in Walmart that's sitting on the like um, like discount games, you nice. know, bin. Yeah. And uh, I keep I'm like this close to pulling the trigger on all the time. And so now it's on PlayStation Plus. I, I I've got it. So uh, I will definitely play this game um, at some point uh, when things die down a little bit. I've been kind of itching to get back in and, and hitman three as well i that's been on my kind of short list of things to pick up um soon too but honestly no, this is a fan, fantastic series so honestly it's really hard to pitch two without pitching three just because like with three being out there's really no other than like unlocking the levels there's no point in getting two just because you can play it in the three engine but i mean they they the whole well, trilogy like holds each other's hands like it's but you still you still one. have to own two to play three to play two in three yeah you have yeah. to pay the money for it so yeah, either yeah, way yeah. you have to, to buy it without mm -hmm. unless playstation plus comes along you yeah know, but <laughs> yeah i will say though jonah thank you so much because now i have a complex of barbershops and racetracks <laughs> <laughs> all right cool well uh it's time for a dumb gaming tweet so uh uh, we got this one. As always, we're going to keep our tweeters anonymous because we don't want to send our extremely massive pool of tens of thousands of subscribers after them. Um, but this guy says, I'm not buying Deathloop on principle at this point. Um, someone in the reply says, out of the loop, what's the principle? And he says, showing virtually the same trailer at every PlayStation event since it was announced and wasting all our time. And then like a week later, he retweets his original post saying he's not buying Deathloop on principle, uh, saying, lol, I platinumed Deathloop. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, one thing I just want to talk about on this one is I don't really understand why, like, 
it just seems really disingenuous to the developers to hate on a game because of its marketing cycle. Because mm-hmm. like it really doesn't have anything to do with the game or the developers, and doesn't really have anything to do with the quality of the game. And it just was kind of disheartening to see so many people um, taking a crap on Deathloop just because they showed it off so many times. But I mean, what do you guys think? You know what? I am I. The nice oh yeah, thing you're about, one of the haters, Joda. <laughs> the nice thing about this guy is he like. I mean, he ate he his own around. words. He ate his own yeah. words. He's like, yeah. So uh, I, I put himself. this, I put the stump tweet out there, and turns out this yeah. game's fantastic. Yeah. I mean that. that well, is he didn't nice. say it was fantastic. He just said he platinumed it. Well, I mean, <laughs> how many, how many mediocre games do you platinum, Wes? I, I, I platinum almost nothing. He got platinums <laughs> on that one, two, eight. Oh, there's, there's, there's one a game that like all I had to do was just keep pressing x on the controller to get like an easy platinum so that was not a fantastic game and i got that platinum but mm-hmm. very different story here how many that games I are you going out of your way to platinum that are just mediocre <laughs> no none <laughs> yeah yeah I'll, I'll say like obviously they had a marketing deal like the publisher had a marketing deal with playstation playstation locked this game up as an exclusive for a year and Arcane's never had the commercial success to match the critical acclaim of their games. So, like, developers are just trying to do what they're trying to do to get a game that, as you guys saw in my pitch, is a little hard to describe. It is. Uh, is, it yeah. a ro- is it a roguelite? Is it a shooter? Is it an RPG? Is it a stealth game? What is it? So, I think I think they did show it too, in too many places, uh, but... Some of those opportunities sold some fans and other times other fans were sold. I know between us at NXS, I was sold by the, I think, like, I don't know, second or third trailer, but it took like the 10 minute walkthrough for Kevin to be sold on it. Um, And I just think that this game has the game's sort of response from the community the toxic community mostly has been a little divisive just because it's an Xbox studios game now releasing on PlayStation. So you also get other people that will say, I'm not going to buy this. I'm going to wait one year when it's like on game pass and it's like the definitive edition. And it's like, well, you do whatever you want to do. But in this case, that person was all talk and they ended up getting it anyways, which is just ridiculous. Can ridiculous. I throw out a, a comment really quickly? So I, I just feel like there's no way for a company to win when it comes mm, to yeah. marketing, uh, I, I and I've asked this question time and time again, and I can't ever seem to get like a you know straight answer from anybody, like any source that I've or any outlet that I've asked this question. I've written into podcasts and asked this question. Nobody wants to to give me a straight answer. But you have a game like Deathloop, and people are complaining. We've seen this game too much. We've seen too much of this game. Blah blah. blah. I don't like this. It's too much. Okay, you look at a game like Cana Bridge of Spirits. We, what, where's the marketing on this game? Why isn't Sony marketing it? Where's the push? Why, what's wrong with it? It's like, okay, so for Deathloop, it's too much. For Kana, it's not enough. So what, what is the right way to market a video game? Like, and honestly, when we're talking about Deathloop, Sony doesn't have, like, literally, they, they just came up, they just, we just passed the kind of, like, one-year... Um, you know, announcement of PlayStation Five, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it, that was kind of like what was it, June of last year, yeah. where they kind of like unveiled it and they had that big showcase, and that was kind of the first point where we saw Deathloop. How many showcases have they have they had between now and then? 
really they don't do that many. It's yeah. been what like three. So maybe mm. they showed it at each one. So they showed it three times, and yeah. that's too, that's too much. So I think, like, where, I where, think where's the, the issue, line? I think what the issue was is they showed a lot of like each level in those those three showcases. So like they ended up showing let's say thirty to forty minutes of the game, and like maybe people just feel like, well, I've seen. Like, that's how I was, because, like, when they first announced this game, I was super hot on this game. I was like, this game looks sick. I like the James Bond vibes that I'm getting from it. And then I just, like, I kind of wanted to go in blind, but with how we are and we try to focus on, like, games media and these press events and stuff, I just feel like I was shown too much. But I'm not out there yelling from the the tops of, like, buildings saying, Deathloop's been shown too much. I don't like Deathloop anymore. It's just like, I need them to, I need to get the opinions of other people on like, what is good about this game? Whereas I'm just seeing too much gameplay, you know? But but like, what is, what is the right amount to show? That's, I guess that's my question. What is the right amount? I mean, I guess that varies from every, like everybody because yeah, some people a... some people need to need to see a lot of gameplay to i'm thinking uh, of like the metro dread marketing cycle because like for me those trailers are just getting me hyped through the roof and then other people are like they've spoiled the whole game already so I, it is I, very i personally subjective. have been on that one that maybe i don't want to say that they're showing too much but they're but yeah. they're putting like two trailers out a week at this point i'm like ah, i'm just oh there's a new trailer yeah. I'm, I'm not i'm not gonna watch it. i don't want to see it yeah because so, i, I you know. think it depends on who it is because there's some people that just yeah. don't they'll be like oh this got announced okay i'll wait till it comes out and i won't look at anything and then there's some people where it's like i need to get all the information as soon as possible i need to read mm -hmm. interviews and i need to watch every trailer that comes out and i need to try and talk to the developer on Twitter myself and went on. So I, I guess everyone's whiny about anything yeah. and everything. Yeah. And with Wes, but... it's either too much or too little. And you never hear like, Oh, that was a moderate amount of trailers. Shown <laughs> what a perfect amount of trailer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Was the death stranding trailer cycle, the perfect amount of trailer. You know what? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> nailed it. It left a nut like they showed a lot, but it left so much mystery behind it. I feel like that's the issue with uh, Deathloop is there wasn't very much mystery afterwards. Well, uh, I am curious for Dash's opinion on that since he played the game. I mean, I know Jenna has like an impression that there's not any mystery left, but from your experience playing the game after seeing the trailers, I mean, was there a lot that surprised you, or did you feel like there was not a lot left to surprise you? I think in some ways that it's a tough game to to market because a lot of the story is told through the banter and the interactions you're having within the game. Mm -hmm. There aren't okay. these big cutscenes, so it's not like like a Final Fantasy VII remake where right. you have like forty hours of cutscenes you could choose from and just like clip it in a in a really yeah. nice clip. So yes, there is a lot of mystery. It is a very rich world. There are a lot of really interesting characters that you don't get to see any of in the trailers. So there's a lot to uncover, but it's like not done in the most traditional way either. All right. Sold. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, maybe it wasn't such a dumb gaming tweet after all. And maybe it's more about the friends we made along the way. So. Some good conversation. <laughs> yeah. I like that. That was a good, that was a good discussion.
Uh, cool. Well, uh, I'll pass things on over to the Game Master, Wes. All right. So we're going to be coming back to our old trusty friend, Video Game 20 Questions. Uh, we all know how this game is played. We're going to be playing the speed version of the game. Uh, so I'm going to get my stopwatch up here. So um, we're going to go in order just to re-explain the rules. Uh, we're going to go Dash, Jonah, Caden. Dash, Jonah, Caden. So remember who you go after. You guys have seven questions, uh, and then you can pause for one minute to kind of talk amongst yourselves uh, to see which direction you want to go with this. But uh, you each have to ask uh, one question. You get 30 seconds to ask your question. If you don't ask a question within 30 seconds, you lose that question and we move on. Um, gotcha. Dash have... Jonah Caden? Dash Jonah Caden. Okay, before, before we start, I nominate Caden as the one to guess the game. Well, let's not. I don't want. I don't want you guys. I don't want you guys looping it all the way back around to me, and I pick a stupid ass game again. What if you know and I don't? Well, I'll just be like, it's and then I'll I'll just yell it at you. I don't care. I'll yell it at you. Like, Caden, pick this. Maybe it'll hit one of the small wrinkles in my brain. Any okay? Any questions before we get started? Dark. Nope. All right. We will start then. Uh, Dash, you have the first question. Is this a 3D Wait. game? Oh, sorry. I was going to catch you off, but oh, that's bad. fine. <laughs> so eager. Sorry. Go, go ahead. Say that again. Uh, I was waiting what was your question? to get back. <laughs> All right. Is this a 3D game? Uh, yes. Uh, um, did this game come out after 2016? No. Um, is this a uh, platform exclusive? No. Dash. Does this game have multiplayer? No. Jonah. Is this, um, is this an open world game? Not in, no, not in the sense that you probably are thinking. It's not an open world game. Is this game, would you consider this game AAA? Yes. Was it, was it made by a Japanese developer? Yes. That's seven questions. You have uh, one, you have one minute to convene. So we know it is AAA Japanese 3D game. We know it is not an exclusive, not open world, not multiplayer, not uh, after 2016. So you could say it's a non-open world, single player, multi-platform. Yeah, it's got to be an RPG. So maybe something that's not quite open world, like could be something like Dragon Quest. Um, would you consider Dragon Quest open world? I mean, I wouldn't. It's like very kind of linear, you know. Uh, right now, what I'm kind of thinking is The Witcher 2. Oh, okay. Well, The Witcher 3 came out in 2015, so it technically 
but it's not. No, those games aren't Japanese developed, Jonah. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, dang it! You're right. You're right. See, this is why. He's a triple A. Triple A. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, we want to narrow down the year a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, we can do that. And just start. Before 2016. Just throwing off triple A Japanese. Okay, games. that's one minute. Yeah. So, uh, sorry, uh, Caden, you asked the no. Dash did. Who asked the last Dash. question? Dash. Okay, so Jonah, you get to kick it off. Ready, set, go. Did this game come out between 2008 and 2013? No. That was such a Hayden. weird question. <laughs> um, does this game have Final Fantasy in the title? No. Dash. Does your character have a sword in this game? No. Oh. Jonah. Is he is he doing Yakuza again? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Just ask if it's Yakuza in the title. <laughs> is Yakuza in the title of this game? No. Caden. Okay. Um, I gotta fix Jonah's time thing. Uh, <laughs> Where I was gonna go. God, it's like, do I ask, did it come out between 2013 and 2016 since we have a gap in there? <laughs> okay, uh, if I do that, then we know it's pre-2008. So did it come out between 2013 and 2016? No. Okay, so it's pre-2008. Now we know. Ash. Sure. Oh my God. Did this game come out before 2005? Yes. How much do you... Oh, wait. He said you don't carry a sword? Start asking genre questions. No sword, Japanese developed, AAA, single player. 2005. Um... Dude, dude. So that's like... Possibly... When did PS3 come out? It... We said it's not a platformer. Five seconds. It's not platform exclusive, but we don't know if it was a platform or not. Is it a platformer? <laughs> I'll answer that. That was cutting it close, man. No, it's not a platformer. Caden. Okay. Um, is it an RPG? No. Ooh. And that's 14 questions. What right. Japanese multi-platform. Okay. Yeah, so let me, let me recap for you guys. Came out before 2005. Uh, Japanese AAA single player, not open world, not exclusive, 3D, not platformer, not an RPG. Okay, when did PS3 launch? 2008? No, it's like six. So it's pre-2005, so it's got to be like PS2 era. Yeah. Yeah. Resident what? Evil. Uh, yeah. Dino what? Crisis. Ooh, uh, Resident Evil is good for multi-platform. My problem was thinking of like PS2 era multi-platform games. You know what? Resident Evil's pretty good just because uh, uh, you don't Resident carry a sword. 4? Yeah. I'm gonna okay. give you a short hint. Okay. The game is no longer multi-platform. Or sorry, it's it's no longer uh, it's no longer single platform. So you guys were, were asking about multi-platform. At the time that it came out... Uh, <laughs> at the time that it came out, uh, it was on one platform. 
Yeah, that was on many. Resident Evil counts for that. Resident Evil 4 yeah. was exclusive initially, and then it went to PS2, right? Yeah, and then eventually... Oh, it didn't, it didn't launch everything. on PS2 and GameCube? It was... No, it started oh. out GameCube exclusive. Oh, I didn't know yeah. All right, so the next right. question should just be, yep, is it Resident Evil? There we go. All right, we're starting up. So are we... Let's see, hey, can, is... Can is I ask a dash? Can I ask a question? Can we... Can we, can we like, you asked... Um, does it have Yakuza in the title? Can you say stuff like, does it have Resident Evil in the title? As long as it's a yes yeah, or no question. You can, you can okay. ask that. Okay. As long as we're not saying, is it this game? Gotcha. The timer's, yeah. timer's running. Does Does it have Resident Evil in the title? No. Fuck. <laughs> Jonah. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> Sorry, Jonah. <laughs> um... Is there a large arsenal of weapons in this game? Yes. Caden. Okay. Oh my god, I can't think of a single question. Um, weapons, yes. Uh, does this game uh, have Metal Gear in the title? Oh. Yes. Oh! <laughs> so... You can talk I'll just to us. say you got 30 seconds. Does it have does it have a two in the a, title? Yeah. Three in the title. Yes. <laughs> Woo! Ooh, how many questions do you got left? Two. Two. Um Do you play as Snake in this game? Uh please Make clarify. Do you play <laughs> as solid snake in this game? Uh, no, you don't. Oh, I don't know much about him. He's he's not. Do you play <laughs> as a big boss in this game? Uh, well, I guess technically later he becomes a big boss. So. <laughs> well, like Are you, you guys you guys know the snake. game? Just just say it. Just say it. That's wait, your wait, twenty wait, questions. Wait, wait. You're, you're out of questions? questions. No, you're out of questions. You were out of questions. Guess the game, please. Go ahead, right. Dash. Is the game Metal Gear Solid Three Snake Eater? Yes. Yay! Technically, you used all woods. twenty questions to get that. So, Someday, oh my god, dude, you that feed makes, on that a tree makes... frog. <laughs> I never thought, uh, like, I never considered. Yeah, the first three as uh, multi-platform, but yes, I know that they did the re-release, the HD. Collection. Yeah, it was on 3DS, dude. Like, yep. how weird is that? Oh yeah, that's right. It was. Yeah, but my brain when I hear like AAA Japanese just goes to RPGs. So Jonah was clutch with the. You guys are both clutch with like the sword and the arsenal weapons. Because then I was like, okay, not RPG. What else have we got? Ooh, that was a close one. I thought we weren't gonna make it. To be honest. Yeah, I was would... so. very close. Woo! We did it. The uh... fixated on Resident Evil Four. I know. I know. I thought I mean, we had it. That's kind of close if you think about it. Yeah. It fits all the criteria, except it's not Metal Gear. So. We really got to get Jonah to play Metal Gear. Yes, I played five. <laughs> I, played five. I love five. It doesn't oh, okay. count. Well, it doesn't count. I mean, you know, say what you will about Metal Gear Solid 5, but, you know, Metal Gear Solid 1, 2, 3, and 4 are just a different... <clears throat> Sony, uh, make it accessible. Yeah. See, it's um... not just another reason Sony's trash. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they don't care about old games, man. Yeah. I do. I do well, want to play really the Metal Gear Solid or the Metal Gear series. I just yeah. It, it, I mean, it's so hard. Sony to. doesn't own Metal Gear. Konami does, so it's really Konami's fault. They're just they're porting. They're too busy porting Castlevania. Where's the Metal Gear now? Looking at a gift horse <laughs> in the mouse. 
Um, well, uh, I tell you what, guys. Um, it looks like we made it. Ooh, is that like Beautiful. wrapped, dude? Is that shrink wrapped? Oh yeah, this one's staying shrink wrapped. Yeah, this is oh, the man. legacy collection that has one through three, as well as Peace Walker and. <sighs> All I had games. that collection, then my PS3 took it. Well, down. you know, it isn't available digitally on PS5, but at least you can pop it in the disk drive and use the backwards compatibility, right? So yep. <laughs> on the PS on the PS3, not the PS5. <laughs> I was joking. <laughs> <laughs> um, we made it, guys. Uh thanks so much, Wes, for putting the game together. It was always fun. Thank you so much, Dash, for revisiting us as a guest. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Um We'll just go around real quick for the final words. Um, I'll let Dash go first as our guest. If you want to plug anything or just anything that's on your mind, go for it. I got a Returnal on my mind right now. And mm. uh, our friends Hunter and Sal are both dipping Shout into out. it right now and uh, streaming it right now. So that's what's got me really hyped right now. We watched uh, the stream last night. And I'm already harassing him about going online again so I can uh, join his stream and watch him play Returnal. Heck yeah, and that's uh, the Brothers Pearson. Uh, I guess that's like twitch.tv forward slash Brothers Pearson probably. But, and Sly uh, yeah. Funky Monk for Sal. Sly Funky Monk, yeah. Just good stuff. Um, Hunter did a stream on Brothers Pearson the other day where he got drunk and did a lore through of Bloodborne where he stopped like every like two steps in the game and went on like a passionate monologue about the deep lore behind it. I don't think so I've ever good. met anyone who knew as much about Bloodborne as him. No. It's really fantastic. Yeah. Uh <laughs> but uh yeah and Sal check out um Awful Neutral. It's a DD podcast, comedy podcast uh he does with some other dudes and it's super funny. So yeah, shout out to those guys. Um Wes, final thoughts. Yeah um if you're looking for a good PlayStation 5 game right now, check out Kana Bridge of Spirits. Um, mm -hmm. I had a great time with that game. I was thinking about bringing it to the pitch, but uh, I think most of us have it already and are playing it. So it seems it seemed like was it necessary to ne actually pitch it? But uh, I just finished it and it's uh, it's really great. So mm -hmm. and um, I usually try to drop a shout another shout out. You already shout out a shout it out, Brothers Pearson. I'm going to shout out the Behemoth. Uh, yeah, he does. He he does amazing art. Uh, if you want some of those hot, hot graphic tees mm -hmm. uh, with some of your favorite uh, favorite uh, monster designs, go check out the Behemoth. Um, he does some awesome Monster Hunter stuff and uh some really really great um original kind of horror monster designs as well um yeah. but he's just a great artist he's a great guy um and uh check him out on twitter at the behemoth um he's been doing this drawing challenge this month called dead by day 30 and uh every day he's putting out a cool sketch of an iconic uh horror uh villain you know jason freddy all that kind of stuff mm -hmm. and uh it's really cool um so yeah can't go wrong following the bear unit um jonah final thought uh just another reminder that uh after metroid dread comes out we will be doing a game club on it and that'll be oh, yeah in mm -hmm. mid november but while i've got you here i got something that's going to be coming up a little bit sooner we are going to be doing our final Crow Smack giveaway for this fantastic piece of art. Ooh. If you like 
uh, Doom Eternal. We got this awesome poster mm. that we will be giving out. Rob Hudak, I'm looking at you. Um, <laughs> I, I promise if he wins whatever giveaway thing we do, it it's not biased. I swear. Purely coincidence. <laughs> Just coincidence. <laughs> we are fair. I promise. Um, but yeah, we've got we're gonna have a giveaway in October for that poster. I don't know exactly what we're gonna be doing, but it will be something fun probably spooky related because it's a spooky season baby um yeah as always we got our our shows that come out on every other monday sometimes we'll throw a bonus episode in there for you guys but um yeah you can follow us on twitter at the great is it great game debate or the great game debate it's just great game geb8 thank you wes and YouTube at the Great Game Debate Podcast. Mm-hmm. And at either of those locations, you'll find a link to our Discord where you can join us for friendly video game conversation. And time for shameless plugging. I always forget to do it at the beginning of the episode when people are still listening, but at least I remember <laughs> this time. But, you know, like, share, and subscribe. Help us out. Uh, my final yes, thought please. is... I feel like the Caden that you think you know is just a persona, and the true Caden only comes out whenever a new Monster Hunter comes out. And now that Monster Hunter Sunbreak has been announced, uh, you can look forward to true Caden rising from hibernation uh, next spring. Hey, Austin. So, (laughs) final form. Cool. Uh, were you going to say something, John? I, I was going to say something, and then I realized that it was super smooth brain, so I'm not going to say it. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, well, thanks for joining us. Uh, I've been your host, Katie Birthday Late, and happy gaming. Bye. Bye. There y'all. As always, a big thank you to our friend Miss Riven for the music in our podcast. If you like what you hear and you want to check out more of what they have, you can pay them a visit on Twitter at capital M I S T capital R I V E N seven one nine or on Bandcamp at Miss Riven. Thanks again for tuning in. Till next time.